0: This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 133. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Colored Pencil Podcast, where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of sharpenedartist.com, and I'm joined once again by Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you today?
1: I am great. How are you?
0: You know, I am always never better, Lisa.
1: I know. I don't even know why I bother asking.
0: Why do you? I don't so, know. Wh- I don't, I don't either. Why Why do you ask questions? So what are what are we doing today, Lisa?
1: Today we're doing another art Q&A. We've got one here from Mary Ann who says, what is the best way to transfer a pattern to dark me tens paper for colored pencil without ending up with a bunch of graphite lines that I can't cover with colored pencil? I love this question. So what I do when I work on dark me tens paper, which I actually really like, it's fun to draw on, I actually draw it out with a white colored pencil. With that, I am not going to freehand onto that paper because when you get eraser marks, they show. Now, I've never really liked transfer paper for colored pencil. Those lines just tend to come out a little bit too thick. It's not my preference. You could use that and you could use white transfer paper. You just want to make sure it's not an oil-based one. That is a possibility. You just have to make sure that your colored pencil does cover it all the way because those won't erase all the way. So that's just something you have to be aware of when you put in your lines if you're going to use white transfer for paper if you do. I've always liked the Low Cornell transfer paper, but what I prefer, what I have found to work the best and make it so that I don't have any lines showing through, I'm never fighting that, is just to use one of my cream or white polychromos colored pencils because they're not super opaque, they're not real waxy, so it's easy for me to go on top of them with my other pencils later on. I don't like using my wax-based pencils to initially draw it because it seems like it almost creates a line that you sometimes can end up fighting with, whereas an oil-based pencil like the polychromos that, for me, is best for my lines, plus probably chromos sharpened to a finer point. So again, for line work, that works best. But that's how I actually draw things out. And you can use a projector, or I should rephrase that, I use a projector when I work on the black paper. I'll have either one of two things. I freehand it onto another piece of paper, and then I scan or take a photo of that image, put it onto the computer, and then load that onto my projector. Or I just use the projector for the original photo if I want to just trace it that way without having freehanded anything. But I find that projectors give me the cleanest results along with one of my lighter colored polychromos. And you can even use like a gray polychromos. You don't have to go super light. If you're working on a piece that that you're worried about the white showing through use a darker one they still show up enough that you can see your lines
0: i've drawn on black paper before and i did a, a white portrait of my daughter on black paper i've done some darker colored papers as well here's here's one thing that you could do is you could use a call erase by prismacolor that's neither oil or wax based and they erase very easily Ooh, nice. and without any effort you know you just take it, tap it with like a kneaded eraser or something like that So I like using the color race line anyway for doing my layout of my drawing before I begin. I just like that a lot better than graphite. And if that graphite bothers you a lot too, because it bothers me, I don't like seeing those graphite lines anywhere. Then yeah, take a look at that. Look at the race lines, and then the other suggestions that Lisa gave, I think, are are really strong. You could also use, you know, like a light box or something like that. If that does that show through, Lisa, on the mettons dark paper?
1: No, I didn't really have luck with it showing through. It didn't work. Is well it for too me.
0: dark or something? Yeah. Okay, well, wow. don't do that then.
1: That's where the projector worked much better.
0: Yeah, and you could also use, like, if you wanted, just use, like, an 18-inch ruler or something, depending on how big, you know, this is. But you could use, like, a ruler and get your your bearing points, you know, over there on the drawing and then fig- yeah. kind of figure out where figure everything in. is. And the problem kind of I have with it. that,
1: though, and this is why I don't like to freehand onto black paper, is that when you make those eraser lines, it's so easy to have one of those eraser marks if you wanted to leave part of the background dark or, or an area like that. You can have an area that you just, that eraser mark is just there. It doesn't take yeah. much to have an accident and then you have to start all yeah. over again. And yeah, just so I really never personally hand. freehand onto dark paper.
0: Yeah. All right. So next question from Janine. She says, I currently paint and draw for a hobby. However, I would like to take it to the next level and start a small online business and sell my work to the public. I would like to sell original work in prints. My question for you, what equipment and computer programs do you suggest I would need to get started? Not sure if I want to photograph my own work or contract this out. I work from my own photographs and life studies. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Congratulations to you, Janine, for taking this step. And this is a big step. It's a huge one. And one word of advice I would give you now that you're getting serious about going into business for yourself and you're wanting to treat this like a business is to be regimented about your time and decide, okay, these, you know, the, I, I'm not sure what else you're doing. If you have a day job or night job or something, if you have some other gainful employment anywhere, then I know your time is limited. So just. Decide ahead of time how much time you're going to dedicate to this business. But then beyond that, also set yourself a schedule, you know, with you can also work in some flexibility within that schedule, but have a schedule and try to stick as close to that as you can. So anyway, let's get on to what you're asking here about selling work to the public. One of the best things about this is as an artist in this particular epoch of time that we live in, it's the best time in the world. In this century that we're in, in this country here that we're in and and anywhere around the world, really, you have the power and the ability with the internet to be able to market yourself, sell your own work on your own. You don't actually need a gallery or anyone a marketing expert to do this for you you can do it yourself now as far as the equipment that you need and you're talking about you know what computer and are you going to photograph your work or should you contract this out i think you can start with very modest startup and you you know you don't have to go and get some supercomputer meant for gaming you can you can get something that's decent i would you know i would try to depending on which which side of the aisle you're, you're going to go with, if it's an Apple or, or a PC. If it's a PC, I would try to just get something that is at least a Core i3 processor, something around that. An i5 would be better. Some of the newer ones are even faster and so faster than the older i7s. So something like that, just a decent computer, and you don't necessarily need anything over a laptop. You could get by with a good laptop in this case, And then as far as photographing your work, I photograph my own work and I use a scanner as well. I prefer using the scanner because it's set. It's one time set and forget it. I don't have to sit there and play with it and monkey around with it every time. I just. You, but if you start getting very large with your pieces, then you may have some limitations with that because the flatbed scanners often are. You know, it, it depends on how much money you spent on the scanner. <laughs> if you start getting up past like seventeen inches on one side, then your scanner starts costing a lot of money to be able to to uh, buy a decent one. So anyway, that would be something to to keep in mind. Now you can hire it out, you can contract that. The the problem with that kind of thing is just kind of scheduling and that sort of thing. It you know, it's a it's a time cost because if you're taking your work down to the local shop and you're wanting them to photograph it, and uh, do all of the preparation of with the file for you, then it just costs you some time. Now, if you've got something that's very close to you, close by, and it's within driving distance and it's not really out of your way and it's affordable, you got to look into those things, then, you know, you could do that. But yeah, I would just caution you to be very careful about that because you can buy this equipment yourself and you can, you know, you can, you can do all of this on your own. So that that would be my advice there.
1: Yeah, I would I am I'm with John on that one. I would learn to do it yourself because you're probably not going to make much money with your art to start with. You're, mm-hmm. you know, every all of this can get expensive when you're starting out and the more you can learn to do yourself, absolutely the better. And you really do get to a point where it's kind of like, if I want something done right, I'm going to do it myself. I've seen where people hired photographers to take photos of their work and it's like, yeah, but you can't make a print of that. The angle's off. This is off. And it's like, it's a decent photo of the piece for online, but not really for prints. And it's just, I think if you can learn to do it yourself, that is the best way to go. And if you're like me and you produce a lot of artwork every single week, then you're not going to want to pay to have that many, you know, go to a professional every time you need to, to be able to make a print. It makes it so much easier if you can do it yourself on your own time and your own co- everything. It's just easier. And the, the equipment that you, I use, I go with a DSLR on that. And my first one, I want to say I spent about $500 for a Nikon, like their entry DSLR, and it came with two lenses. And it it took perfectly good photos for prints. I got some beautiful prints with that camera. That one also worked really well for getting reference photos. But if you can get something, it's better to spend the money, I think, on that. I It probably would have cost me that much or near that much to have a photographer take photos of just a couple of paintings. Or I could spend that money on a camera, a, a nice DSLR, or a, well, I shouldn't say nice, a decent DSLR to get something started with and was able to take an infinite number of photos of my artwork which I'm so glad I took the time to learn to do another thing I would say as far as programs learn photoshop it's you can pay I think a monthly I want to say what is it like ten dollars a month I pay yearly annually so I'm not sure what it is monthly
0: depends on how many programs you're purchasing from adobe but yeah it can be as low as like nine ninety nine, I think. Something
1: yeah, because like what's going to happen, you're going to get a photo of your work. And sometimes for me, one of the things that happens with my camera is it my teals don't look teal enough once I get it onto the computer. And so I need to be able to go through and adjust that. And using Lightroom and Adobe Photoshop, it's not that hard to learn. There's plenty of tutorials online, but I think that that is really a must-have for artists to be able to alter the photograph to make it look as much like the original painting as possible. Because sometimes just different lighting reflecting... Yeah the surrounding. There can be a lot of things that get thrown off that you can fix in Photoshop and make it look just like the painting.
0: And you could also use GIMP. That's a, that, that's a program that is just like Photoshop, except it's free. And that stands for GNU Image Manipulation Program. That's unfortunate abbreviation. <laughs> but anyway, so the other thing about that is though that if you are taking the photos yourself and you're using a DSLR, I'm using a DSLR myself with things that are larger, too large for my scanner. The other thing about that is what would be ideal is if you get a lighting situation set up and then you leave that and you never change that and then you're always you're controlling the lighting exactly every time and so you're taking this maybe down in a basement or somewhere where you're controlling the lighting and you have it the you have the same equal amount of light coming in from every side of, of the area where you're taking your uh, photo of your artwork. And so you have a 45 degree angle where you've positioned these lights to be able to light your artwork so that there's no chance of any reflection coming back. The plane of the artwork is exactly parallel to the plane of focus on your lens of your camera. And then you shoot in RAW. Now I can't emphasize that enough. You shoot in raw so that you have full manipulation over the white balance and everything else in Photoshop whenever you start to manipulate it because here you know here's the thing you can use a gray card you can try to get the white balance correct and all of that but there could be a time where something get you know is just off and it's just easier just to go in there and manipulate it just a little bit and get it looking the way that it needs to and the only way to really do that very well is if you shot in raw because you can you can change everything so much better than you can if you've shot in JPEG because you've already put a compression on that. And it's a loss. It's a lossy compression. You're losing information on a JPEG file type. So if you don't believe me, try both next time. Try JPEG and try RAW.
1: Or ask me because... I didn't think it was that big of a deal until you kept talking about it. And finally, I was like, fine, I'll do it John's (laughs) way.
0: I kept pushing that, didn't
1: I? (laughs) That's how I get
0: my way at work too. I just keep mentioning things over and over.
1: Finally, it sinks in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My boss is like... This idea just came to me. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a thing I've been talking about. Anyway, so anyway, I couldn't agree more with Lisa. Learn, you know, learn how to do this yourself, learn the manipulation yourself in Photoshop or whatever you're using. And here's the other reason why you want to do that. Even if you get to a point where you're such a big deal that you have somebody come in and take your artwork and they go and, and photograph it for you, or you drop it off and then you pick it up or whatever. If you know enough about what they're doing, then you have the the language to be able to speak to them about what's going on and why things aren't looking correct. So you need to know everything that is going on in your business, whether you're hiring someone to help you out with something or not, you need to know it inside and out as well.
1: And, you know, I actually feel the same about web design because you're going to need a website. If you're starting mm, a business, yeah, you yeah. have to get a website. That is an absolute must. Right. I really like, and we've talked about this before, so I'm not going to talk much about it, but I really like WordPress and then using a theme over that. So, you know, just get one that will work well with WooCommerce is what I do because WooCommerce is free. That's where I, how I can sell my originals through my website and just hooked up, set up with my PayPal. And then I can also, because I sell my prints through Fight Art America, that also works with my, my WordPress theme. So everything's kind of right there on my website, but I think learning mm-hmm. to, to build a website yourself and it's Absolutely. very easy to do these days with with WordPress because you can learn how to do it by following instructions on there's so many good instructions on youtube for wordpress but yeah, learn to do that yourself even if that means you make a website through wix or through something learn to do some of this so that even if you do get to a point where you hire somebody to to work on your website if you see something you don't like you know how to tell them what you want instead but if you don't know how to tell them that it's going to be really hard for you to get what you want
0: and you'll get ripped off and someone says which oh, i know noticed took me, so
1: many that people took that had me that happen. four
0: weeks to do this when you know that that's didn't take that uh-huh. long or or you're unreasonable about it and you think, oh, that should have taken you 20 minutes. But no, that's yeah, that exactly. Takes longer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you have a question, we would love to hear that. You can you can enter that question into a box over there at sharpenartist.com slash Q&A. And I think that all that's required is like your name and maybe your email address, something like that. So, uh, and we'll read it on the show and we'll give the best answer that we have. And you can also interact with us on Facebook in the Colored Pencil Podcast group. Reach out to us anytime, podcast at sharpenedartist.com. Lisa is on Twitter at lacree. I'm also there at sharpenedartist. And as always, the show notes will be over there at sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. And we always take the notes for you so you can look up anything that we talked about today. And we will talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartists.com.